Hello, and welcome to my podcast, From Trauma to Triumph. I am Leah Bandola and your host. My mission is to help people heal their past so that they can unleash their brilliant future. I am a trauma release specialist, empowerment coach, and cognitive behavior therapist. I am also a published author with three book publications and a professional speaker. This podcast delves into the world of trauma, and it is a big world. There are so many aspects to trauma and how it affects us in our lives, and each episode will give you more information, examples, stories, and strategies to help you understand trauma better and how to release the hold that it has on us. Let's jump into today's episode. Hi, everyone. I am so happy to have Tracy Turberfield here. As my guest today, we're going to have an amazing conversation about some things I think you will all uh, be able to resonate with. Tracy strives to live live life in the energy of joy. In addition to being a proud mom to her 11-year-old spunky daughter, Brooklyn, which brings her great joy, supporting people and being their biggest cheerleaders is her passion. Through spiritual mentoring, energy healing, and meditation coaching, her mission is to be a lighthouse for people and guide them in honoring their human experience and embrace the knowledge that the light we all seek is within us. I so love that. Tracy, welcome. Thank you. That's my motto. <laughs> the light we yeah, all seek. Yeah, I love it. I really us. love it. And so what, what kind of brought you to this? I know you've done a number of different things over your uh, working career and you're kind of settling into this now. And so what's brought you here? Oh my goodness. Uh, how many hours do you have? You <laughs> don't have a lot, but. <laughs> um, it has been a journey. Um, and it's funny that you say, you know, a lot of things, you know, I think of that in, in business, you know, being a travel specialist and working on cruise ships and all the things that I've done. I'm still having a hard time wrapping my brain around, you know, saying that I'm a spiritual mentor or a meditation coach or a Reiki practitioner, um, because I always feel like those are things that I've done on my healing journey that I go to other people for, and that I am, you know, not one of them, so so to speak. Um, But that discovering that and realizing that everybody can be, you know, in the energy of healing and everybody has a journey and everybody can heal their own heart. Um, And it's also very important that I always say to people that, I don't heal anybody. You heal yourself. Mm -hmm. I just give you the tools that you may Mm -hmm. not have known before to help you in that healing journey. For sure. I say the same thing. (laughs) Absolutely. I I know you've said that to me. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So it's been, it's been a really long, well, I'm 50. So it's been, I'm going to say five decades or four decades um, worth of a healing journey that all really started from when I was like a little child. And I've just recently, well, actually today, um, I have a speech that's gone public um, for, a, for a speaking competition. And it's all around healing your inner child. And actually, before you heal your inner child, you need to know that you have an inner child, yes. right? And most people don't know that. They don't have the awareness to understand mm-hmm. that actually every decision that you make as an adult actually stems and can be triggered from a memory in your childhood Uh and what you choose to do right now, what decision you choose to make, even if you're reacting or you're not reacting, you're taking a really long time to make a decision on something. 
how old are you right in this moment? If you answer that question, it will help you to, you know, uh, make your decisions uh, based on all the healing that you've done over, you know, however, however many decades and come to the point where you are in your life right now. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't done that healing, mm-hmm. it's going to have a much different outcome and result than if you have done that healing. And I've done 100%. a lot of it. hundred <laughs> percent. And I, you know, well, you know, I do very much the same thing is to help people. Now I call it something a little different, but it's basically your childhood trauma um, that where your wounds started. So it's your wounded child um, that for many people until they can identify and heal that um, it just carries through all different aspects of your life and your relationships. It has you choosing certain people to be with over others and so on. So so what, when did you discover that you had this inner child? Well, <laughs> it's funny that that's exactly what the speech that I just wrote is all about is the discovery of that. It was actually in an inner child meditation. So I went to a workshop. This was back five years ago. So I was like 45. I went to a workshop that was entitled inner child meditation. And I, I went there knowing that, you know, technically that's what I was going to be doing, but I, I didn't understand it or know it until I was immersed in it. And I had this incredible experience where the facilitator walked us through and, you know, we went down this garden path and, you know, into this field. And all of a sudden there I was all by myself in this field, beautiful green, you know, greenery and just this um, uh, enormous landscape, but I was all by myself. And I saw down in the distance, this little child. Now my daughter's 11 at the time she was, I don't know, like four or five. And when I first saw her, the child, I'm like, oh my God, there's Brooklyn. There's my daughter, you know? And I go running towards her and she comes running towards me. And as she's getting closer and closer, I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. And then all of a sudden we're face to face, me and this little like four or five-year-old child. And she actually, in my meditation, she jumped up into my arms. So now I'm holding on to this child. And I look at her and I'm like, this is not Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. This, This child is me. I was like literally staring at myself, holding myself in my arms. It was Mm -hmm. the strangest experience, but yet I had never felt more connected to me ever in my life than in that moment. And I remember I was, I started bawling my eyes out and, and, and she was, she was like, you know, all excited and happy and got her arms around me. And like, I love you. I love you. I miss you. I've been waiting for you for so long. She says to me, and I'm like just bawling and feeling all of this, like, like, I'm so sorry that I abandoned you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been, and one of the important things was I've been seeing her all along. I've been seeing her pain and seeing her trauma and seeing her loneliness and everything, but I wasn't connected to it because Mm -hmm. I didn't really know that she existed until that moment. And in that moment, that's when I was, I felt like she was a separate person than me, but in fact, we were one and our hearts were one. And I kept telling her in this meditation, I'm never going to leave you again. I'm here now. And anytime that you need me, all you need to do is reach into your heart and I'm going to be right there. And I'm never going to abandon you again. And you never have to feel alone again because Mm -hmm. I am you and you are me. Mm -hmm. And now I see you and we are together. So, and then in the meditation, I assured her that it's okay that she can, you know, um, you know, go, get down from my, from my arms and go run off and go back and play and twirl around and smile and have fun and laugh and all these things because I'm always with her 
even though I'm going to go on now in my adulthood and I'm going to have my, you know, my adult, you know, my relationships, romantic ones, friendships, I'm going to have a career and all of these things. I'm now going to do it with an open heart. And she, she's going to be there, but anytime that she's feeling that loneliness as in me as an adult now, I can just open my heart and literally slip back into a meditation, which only takes a minute or two now because I've had a lot of practice. I can connect with her and, and feel that love and, and not feel alone. Mm-hmm. And it was like unbelievable. That was a 45 minute experience I had five wow. years ago. My life has never been the same. Wow. That's a beautiful like, story. <laughs> Like real, and I have experienced, you know, meeting my inner child as well. So I know how powerful that can be, but it also, I think speaks to when you give your inner child, uh, whether it's your inner child or your wounded child, or just your child part, um, that attention, they can just go be a child, right? You don't need them to now do adult things for you. Exactly. Yeah. And you can find that joy as an adult. Yeah. That like even as as a child, um, I never really had, I'm not gonna say never because that's not fair, but I had minimal times where I was feeling joy. Like I don't remember, I don't have a lot of memories of that. Mm. What I do have a lot of memories of are things like, uh, and I write this in in um the Courage to Change book, which I wrote a chapter in there for literally for healing my heart that that's why I I wrote that but I remember in high in high school standing going into the girls bathroom and wait before I went into the girls bathroom I would make sure there was nobody in there like I'd kind of listen at the door and stuff and then I'd like I'd go in and I'd go behind the bathroom stall with my lunch and I would sit there I would unwrap it with you know the saran wrap that used to be on the sandwiches you know your ham sandwich whatever and I would literally just stand there And I would eat my sandwich like really, really, really fast. And people would come and go in the bathroom and I would eat my my lunch. And then I would flush the toilet just to like kind of pretend, you know, Um, and then I would come out and usually, you know, I'd come out to the sink, hopefully by myself, but then the girls would come running in and out of the bathroom and they'd be beside me washing their hands at the sink and stuff. And I'd be sitting there thinking like, nobody knows the real reason that I'm in this bathroom. Mm -hmm. It was to eat my lunch Mm -hmm. because I would rather have been actually invisible like not seen hiding behind this bathroom door then go into the cafeteria at the high school which had I don't know 100 people and feel invisible there like that is the deepest pain to feel lonely and invisible when you're in a room full of people and you feel like nobody can see you because nobody's talking to you and if they are they're taunting you or glaring at you I mean that doesn't happen to to all children thank goodness. Um, but a lot of them do experience that but a lot. Of, yes. Yeah. So it's, yeah. um, and it's very, very common that that happens. Yeah. So me now having this, this journey, and that's just one example. I have, uh, tons of examples of being bullied when I was in elementary school, when I was like 10 mm. and 11 years old, um, being punched in my braces, um, which hurts a lot <laughs> and, you know, falling down to the ground and, feeling like all the kids are taunting me and and laughing at me. And I'm like Mm -hmm. laying on the ground with, you know, having my face punched and again, feeling invisible. It's that theme of, of feeling invisible. Yeah. And it carries through. Yeah. It carries through all the years into your teenage years and into your adulthood. Because that was a big trauma for you. 
right? And and then it was trauma upon trauma, which, you know, my listeners are used to hearing me talk about that, right. that the traumas are layered and they very often, if not almost always, start yes. in childhood yes. um, or the teen years. Um, and then it just, everything you do has that layer, you know, for you, it was that layer of loneliness and yeah. not feeling like you fit in or that you were seen at all, right? Um, And so when else in your life do you think that really came into play? Oh, kind of, honestly, there was so many examples, but the other part of that in my childhood was, um, and and I will preface this by saying that I have done a tremendous amount of healing around my, my mother, my relationship with my mother. Um, And now I, you know, she watches over me. We have a beautiful relationship. She's in heaven. Um, but we have a beautiful relationship. I've forgiven and she's forgiven. And we did it all after she passed away. (laughs) Um, But, um, and for those of people who, you know, kind of question that, take it from me. (laughs) Uh, You know, when your loved ones are passed over, you can still talk to them. That's a whole other podcast, but you can still uh, still (laughs) talk to them. Um, But I remember my mom was a single mom. She had me. um, And when I was eight years old, she had my, uh, my sister. And, but she was single the the entire time, just, you know, circumstances worked out that way for her. She had a struggle in in relationships herself. And she was also um, an alcoholic and she struggled with that for years and years and years. So I have many, many, uh, one of the things that I, that I talk about in the book as well, the the chapter in the book is, and you might remember hearing this as a kid too, it's 11 o'clock. Do you know where your children are? Okay. (laughs) I learned that all through my childhood. Right. Yeah, like, it was Channel 7 News. I yes. for that. <laughs> Is it Roger Cronkite or something like Roger Cron- I can't remember any Cronkite. Walter, or Con- Walter Cronkite. Might yeah. have been. I can't remember, but it was, yeah, like one of Okay, the but I, that's a name that rings. But I remember every night at 11 o'clock, I would hear that. And my mom, so she, now I'll also say she worked like three, sometimes four jobs. So she would be an accountant during a bookkeeper during the day. Then she would go and work at a restaurant, like the fish and chip mm-hmm. store, um, and, you know, that she was a waitress at, and then she would go and, you know, do something else. So she was gone from like seven in the morning until whenever. And then she would go to a bar in the mm-hmm. evening to mm-hmm. kind of wash away all the, you know, all the sorrow. She was carrying right. a lot of pain and trauma from her childhood, which I didn't know about until I was way into, into my adulthood. So all yeah. I knew was I was this lonely little girl who was being bullied at school, who nobody liked, who people taunted and laughed at all the time. I didn't have a core group of friends. Um, I didn't have any, really. I spent most of my childhood, actually my, my um, teenage years, like high school, in the guidance counselor's office. My oh. best friend was the guidance counselor, Ms. Oh. Cook. <laughs> um, oh. And she, you know, and she's also the one that connected me to, I think it's called Al-Anon. Is yep. that the one where children yep. of alcoholics? Yep. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so she connected me to that uh, for a peer group. But I just remember being very alone a lot. And even at nighttime, um, I would have babysitters. I wouldn't literally necessarily be alone when I was really young. Um, but not knowing where your mom was at 11 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. I would call my grandmother on the phone and I would talk to her. And she was the sweetest soul on the planet, gentlest soul ever. But she would talk to me for like an hour, keep me company. Um, because I was like scared, like, where's my mom kind of thing. So I, that was, that went on for years and my mom eventually did stop drinking, but it wasn't until way later. Mm. And I moved out when I was 16, like literally the day I turned 16, I bought a car and I was gone. I moved like seven minutes away, but I was 
still gone. <laughs> wow, but think how young that is, right? Yes. Looking back now, I'm like, I don't know how I did that. But you had to grow up when you were very, very, very young, right? Like yes. you had, you were on your own. You were probably had responsibilities that most kids your age wouldn't have. Right. Yes. Well, of my sister, my sister was, mm-hmm. is eight years younger. So yes, I do. One of my memories with my sister, we lived in Lindsay, the small town of Lindsay. My mom had again, like three or four jobs. So she was always gone. She always was striving to provide for us, you know? Mm-hmm. So I will always say that, that she was the hardest working single mom on the planet, always mm-hmm. working, always striving to provide, but mm-hmm. because she was alone and had her own traumas, she mm-hmm. did turn to, you know, going out to the, the bars and stuff um, to deal with it. Right. Yeah. Um, but I remember taking my sister when she was like two, I would carry, I felt like Santa Claus almost without the presents. I would carry these big um, garbage bags over my shoulders of the dirty laundry with my sister, who was like two, walking down the street to go to the public laundromat. And we would, I'd have like two of these sacks on behind me and my sister and we'd go and then we'd do the laundry and fold it all and then bring it back. And, you know, cause I was, I needed to look after her, you know, and, and take care of her. Um, until I was 16 and moved out, she was eight. And then I just, I turned off like my heart, everything. I just yeah. disappeared uh, for many years. Um, and my sister was then a, an only child for all intents and purposes, you know, right, for, for right, years right. with my mom. So mm-hmm. yeah, wow. a, lot, a lot of, uh, <laughs> a that's lot a, of things to deal that's with. A, that's a really, really difficult start to life. Right. <laughs> so, so it's interesting that when you met your inner child um and she wasn't able to really ever be a child when you were chronologically a child right and it's all probably all she ever wanted was to just be free to play and just yes you know do childlike things and so it sounds like that experience you had kind of freed her to go do that it did and i remember coming out of that meditation like within a couple of minutes of like, kind of when you do a meditation and you're very deep into it, you have to kind of come back into your body and ground yourself. Right. You know that. Um, And I remember suddenly feeling like literally like a big, almost like a black tar kind of thing in my heart had been, had been Mm. taken out. And I had, I felt space in my heart. Right. It was a physical experience, spiritual, but physical experience. Mm -hmm. And And then from the most beautiful things happened after that, because now my heart was open. I suddenly was meeting these incredible people. Like um, I never heard the word Reiki in my life before. I didn't know what that was. Sounded like some kind of voodoo. (laughs) But I realized that it's actually a beautiful energy healing. And all these- I have my level two Reiki that I got years ago. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's beautiful, right? It's beautiful. And going to get Reiki is like, I don't know. It's a toss up between a massage and getting Reiki. I agree. Totally agree. Oh, so relaxing. And and the shifts that you feel and the clearing Mm -hmm. of your chakras. And so Mm -hmm. I I started meeting all of these, like my world turned into this, like abundance of beautiful souls that were coming into Mm -hmm. a Reiki practitioners and energy healers. And like me, even mediums, like psychic mediums. I went to a couple of psychic mediums who Mm -hmm. actually in incredible experiences connected me to my mom that's why I say anybody who doesn't believe you can't talk mm-hmm. to your people that have crossed over uh, I'm living proof um yep. that and I had this beautiful yeah right like it, it's it's true done it lots. <laughs> yeah but it's and I was then able to start living my life 
with this whole other brand new awareness. And that's mm-hmm. why I say, I talk about the lighthouse, right? The lighthouse being your friends, your family, your community, you know, your, your massage therapist, your Reiki masters, all of these people, um, they are, and, and, and coaches and, and counselors and mentors, they are all your lighthouses. They are the ones that shine the lights on you when you are in your darkest moments and you feel like you don't have another ounce of strength to, to go, you call upon, even inadvertently, you don't even realize it's happening. You're calling upon these lighthouses. But what they're really doing is actually mirroring back to you the light that's in you because your greatest light is actually inside your own heart. But sometimes you don't see that because of all the traumas and all the chaos and all the darkness and the sadness and the loneliness. It's, it's like piles all on top like on literally on top of your heart. And when you clear that through whatever means that is, right? Meditation and, and Reiki and energy healing and coaching and, and all of that, you clear it. Now your light that's inside you shines so bright. And then you know what happens? Now you are a lighthouse for somebody else who's in their dark because you've shifted all the dark and you can now share your light, right? That and is... So beautiful. I'm sorry, I have to stop you for a sec. I'm about to drop my microphone. I don't actually have one, but I'm going to drop it. That is beautiful. I've never heard it put quite that way. And honestly, I'm getting goosebumplies. Um, I actually am writing. I've been writing. <laughs> I'm taking notes people like on my own podcast. Look at that. <laughs> This is um, what happens. No, I really, I love, I, I love that whole image. I, I don't think you have any idea how many people you just helped with just that. <laughs> well, I hope so. You know, like you know, you do have a light inside of you. It is, it's just buried by all the darkness. That's and that. when you can, you know, have all the people in your life that do shine light on you and in you, um, then that opens you, you up for your light to come out. I just love that. Yeah. It's beautiful. Wow. Right? It's, it's gorgeous. And, really, really a nice, nice, nice analogy. Yeah. And the imagery sure. of that, you can do that yeah. in meditation, right? You can actually yeah. like, close your eyes and you see, like, it's almost like a diamond shape, your, you know, a light in your heart and you can feel the darkness shifting out. And, the, and it doesn't mean that you don't come back and be dark again. This is important. Yeah. It doesn't mean that once the light's shining, like that's it, you're on. And for the next, hmm. you know, seven, six, you know, however long you have left decades, you're like going to be on and bright and shiny all the time. No, 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 no. Because you know, just as you know, very, very well that you can be 30, 40, 50, 70. It doesn't matter. Mm. Unhealed trauma Mm -hmm. can resurface. It's that whole analogy of the onion, right? Yeah, for sure. And every time you think that you've healed it and you're done and you're like, yeah, nailed it. Yeah, Yeah. right. Nope. Because those, I mean, especially the traumas that have been there since you were so young and childhood. And because what happens is you form patterns around the trauma. And so those patterns are really, really ingrained. And even those of us who've been not just the work that I do, but the work for myself that I've been doing for my goodness, probably at least 40 years now, I just turned 65. And I think I was first started introduced to this world when I was like 25. And even those of us who've been doing it for that long, when, when something happens, when you have a trauma, especially that really shakes you up for us, and all my listeners know this. um, And I know, you know, about my little Ollie, 
And that was something that, man, did it ever stir up some old, um, what I thought was healed trauma. Yes. Um, trauma even just related to my mom's death and my dad's death, like all kinds of stuff just yes. really came to the surface. So yeah, you have to, that's why it's an ongoing process. And I will say to people, you know, I am a work in progress till the day I die. Exactly. And that's okay because it's all part of the journey. You know, if you had only ever, if let's say you did heal and you can heal to a degree where, um, you know, when it hits you, you can get out of it really super fast. It's like you said, even with meditation now, you can do it so fast, like get yeah. yourself back to that place so yeah. fast. Um, same for me, you know, using all kinds of different methods that have worked is that I can get myself out of you know, the shame and the guilt and yeah. the anger and the grief and the, all that stuff um, pretty fast. So that's the good news, people. I, we don't want you to think that you're always going to be falling back into the depths of it. Nope. Every yeah. time you fall, you fall actually. And that's a really good point, Leah. Thank you for saying that because every time you fall, you actually fall a little bit less, right? Like you, it's now it's like before you fell off the cliff yeah. into the, you know, into the depths of, of despair at the bottom. Then you're just kind of, you know, you're, you're falling off, but you're not going quite as far down. And then, you know, there's yeah. a ledge that's going to catch you the next time. And then you're literally like, oh yeah, I just tripped, you know? Yeah. And, and that's a beautiful analogy. I wrote, I said, I love that. You're just full of all <laughs> kinds of great analogies. I, it's funny. This is just kind of flowing out of me today. You, you bring yeah. this, this stuff out of me. It's, I, I don't know. I'm just, uh, I'm in the energy of it. When you're in the energy mm. of healing, like anything is possible and you, you just feel it and your heart, your heart wants to talk. Right. Yes. That's how I feel right now. Like my heart is talking and source is talking. I'm a big believer sources up there, God or universe or, you know, fill in the blank for, for you. Um, but when source has an opportunity to channel a message and you have, you know, this beautiful audience listening to this. So right now, really like from my heart, I'm saying that source is listening and source is like, okay, I have an opening. Yes. <laughs> like share the message. Right. And we're going to use Tracy yeah. and Leah right now as this channel to get this, um, to get this message out. Right. And so, do you think that's all been accelerated when you really started to share your story? I know you oh, wrote the chapter. It's a few years ago now, right? Yes. Like because when we're closed off and we, we have shame and we don't want people to know what we're going through and we have pride and we, it's like, no, 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 I don't want people to know that I'm having all these deep, dark things happening. Um, it just keeps it all in. And when you yeah. let it out, Yep. You know, whether it's like, you don't have to write a book or, or do a, a speech like you're doing as that mm -hmm. takes a lot of courage um, <laughs> and a lot of time people, to build up, right. And a lot of time, but, but just opening up, like starting to talk about it. Like this is where, you know, unfortunately mental health still has this stigma around it because people there, a lot of people are still afraid to talk about what their issues are or what their past is. You know, a lot of people have probably experienced similar things to what you experienced in their childhood. Um, you know, had parents who were alcoholics or drug addicts or abusive and you don't want to talk about it. So it's like, it keeps you in the dark, right? Absolutely. You really started to open up about it very publicly. Yes. And do you feel for you, that's when the healing really, really started? Absolutely. Because you know what happens when you open your heart and you share, you connect to other people who have been sitting in their shame and their guilt for so yeah. long. And you all of a sudden, like you're sharing your, you know, whatever your story is, 
And you're touching the hearts of people that have been sitting in their dark and they're going, oh my gosh, wait a minute. She grew up with, you know, for example, an alcoholic mother or a single mom who worked, you know, four jobs and was never home, you know, whatever it is. Mm. So, and, and look what she's sharing. So maybe, you know, maybe it's not so bad. Maybe I can. And then I, and I get a lot of private personal messages one-on-one. I, I'm very, as you just said, very uh, vulnerable and raw and real on, on like on Facebook. That's my, my platform. And I just share from my heart and interesting when I share, I just do it from my heart. I wake up one morning and if I'm happy and I'm excited, I share if I'm not, and I'm sitting in my dark, if I slipped off the ledge, you know, and, and I'm trying to find my way, then I share that too. Those vulnerable posts are the ones that get the most people like messaging me and commenting mm-hmm. and sharing with each other and starting conversations with mm-hmm. each other. Like yeah. not even with me, just like someone will read something that a comment and then someone else will, will re- and all of a sudden people are building relationships because of that. They're building friendships. They're messaging each other, connecting each other. Yeah. It is beautiful. So the more raw and vulnerable and it, not everybody can do what I do, which is just go, you know, as they call it, air your dirty laundry. It's not about going on, on social media and saying, and complaining. It's not about complaints and this is wrong and this is wrong. And you list, you know, 15 things that's going bad with your day. It's right. not about that. It's mm-hmm. sharing. It's okay. So my new, I'll say business. I still have a bit of imposter syndrome around that, but my new business is called um, honoring your human experience. And that's what you're doing. You're honoring the experience of today. I'm not okay. Today. I feel a lot of guilt around the fact that I just screamed my head off at my, at my kid, you know, and why did you scream your head off at your kid? Because you were triggered in that moment to a a moment in your childhood when you were having an experience and you didn't know how to handle it. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's Mm -hmm. all this, this cycle, Mm -hmm. right? So, so point being, if you share your vulnerable, authentic self, Hmm. you give other people the permission that they have been silently seeking Mm -hmm. to be also vulnerable and raw. And I, you know, I, I, I love the name of, of your new business, which I did not know until right oh. now. Oh, there you go. Um, but here's what I love about it, because and, and what I want people out there to really hear as well is that, yes, it's, you know, about being real and vulnerable and sharing the things that um, have hurt you in the past that have been traumas. And, and though, part of the human experience is coming through it for many of us. And, you know, learning the strategies and then having days where we feel really great. And, you know, I've heard a lot from a a number of people recently because of what's going on in the world right now and the war in Ukraine Mm -hmm. and other things, you know, because there's lots of other things going on as well (laughs) um, that, you know, they'll go, they'll be celebrating something and they'll say, oh, I, I, that's not right. I know I shouldn't be doing it. And I'm like, what do you mean? Mm. That's part of being a human being is that you're going to have those days where you're down in the depths of despair. Yeah. And we hope <laughs> that you also are going to have those days where you're feeling pretty good and things are going well. So celebrate them. It's yes. okay. I mean, I did a podcast, a couple of podcasts ago about this, or maybe last, I can't remember. Time goes so fast. Um, but yes, it's about, it, it really is about honoring your whole human experience. And that you are having the experience and have had the experiences that you needed to have. And you may never know why. (laughs) But if you think about your past um, and your traumas, 
you know, you needed to go through that to be who you are today and exactly. have, have the ability to be able to help so many people. Absolutely. Right? Because you, you don't know, I, I talk about this a lot too. You don't know the light unless you've experienced the dark. How do you understand the contrast of that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and not that I ever, ever in a million years wish anything bad or traumatic to, to happen to anybody, but in the human experience, it is going to happen. There is free will in the world, right? So it is going to happen. So if you are one of those people that can find your way out through all mm -hmm. the different techniques and the mentoring and the coaching and EFT tapping, right? Emotional mm -hmm. freedom technique yes. and meditation mm -hmm. and um, self-hypnosis, all of those things. When you learn those tools from all of the people that have come before you, because mark my words, anybody who is now teaching self-hypnosis or you know, you know, being a coach or a counselor, they didn't just wake up and go, okay, my life's been amazing this whole time. And now I'm going to get a certificate and I'm nope. going to be a this. No, nope. they have been through it. Yeah. Right. If you think so, about it, for sure, we, we, you know, there's always that adage of we teach what we need to learn the most. Right. Um, but also I think for uh, helping other people, it's what we've been through that we have learned to, you know, what we needed to do to come out the other side yeah. and now, and what worked for us. And now we're able to help other people with that. Exactly. Right. But if you think about some of the biggies in the world, like Oprah, yeah, yeah, and her story, if you know, you know, if you don't know her story, please look it up, but she did not have a very nice childhood at all. And she had trauma all through her teens. And there was like, thing after thing after thing including sexual abuse and all kinds yeah. of stuff yes and look at her right, right. like so I think you know and, and I've, I've listened to many many people in interviews and and who tell their story of you know what brought them to where they are now mm -hmm. and it's always the trauma that they've been through or the life they've been through or the the adversity that they've been through yeah. and then you know build that resilience right Yes. And you can't yes. have, you can't have a strong resilience muscle unless you've had to flex it a whole lot. Exactly. And build that muscle and, and, and courage and bravery, yeah. like all of that, it's all together. There's, you know, one doesn't stand by itself, right? right. You've got courage and right. bravery and resilience and strength. And one of the things I talk about so many, so much to, to people is in those moments, when you feel like you have hit the, the bottom of the bottom of the bottom, like there ain't no rock any further deeper than this. And you are just as far as you think you can go. And you think that there's no strength left. Like you just cannot, you can, there is an untapped well of strength that is always there. It is mm -hmm. always available to you. It's about the awareness of tapping into it. Mm -hmm. And that's where all of these, you know, healing modalities yes. come in let somebody else be your lighthouse. Yeah. Reach out to them, whether it's calling a counselor, a coach, whether it's private messaging a friend, there is no shame in sharing that you right now in this moment are sitting in the dark because whoever you reach out to, to share that with, I guarantee you on my life, they have sat in the dark sure. and they know what it's like to be there. And people sure. want the opportunity to help. Yeah. Give them the opportunity to help you. That people are waiting, like, here I am, like, reach out to me. Mm -hmm. Give people the opportunity to share their light with you. 
Oh my gosh, I love this. I, and I'm sad to say we have to end. I know, I could talk to you for hours, <laughs> I <know>. Leah. <laughs> I will definitely have to have you back on so we can go even deeper with this. But I love leaving that um, for people to really, you know, sit with it and really think about it. It's, you know, who out there can help to shine the light when you are in the darkness. Right. And, and that's just such a beautiful thing. Now, I want you to tell people um, when you have something very exciting happening as of today. Oh, yes. Uh, the speaker <laughs> slam. And can people can anybody come and listen to that? Uh, yes. Uh, so what's happening today? Today's Inspiration Day. So March 14th, 2022, it's Inspiration Day. So hashtag Inspiration Day and hashtag Speaker Slam, just like it sounds. Uh, if you search that in, you're going to find I think there's 26 to 30 speakers um, and we're all sharing our speeches um, based on our own um, you know stories it's the theme is called catalyst so mine is much what I just talked about today it's my inner child experience that you know brought so much healing to me so yes I would very much appreciate it if you're hearing I don't know when you're going to hear this podcast but all this during this week um, there will be judging going on kind of behind the scenes and the whole the idea from today is to share and inspire as many people as we can. It's going all over all the social media platforms. And then on this Wednesday, the 16th of March, I will find out if I have advanced to the top 10. And if I do, then it is not a recorded speech that gets shared. I actually have to stand live. Speaking of um, courage and bravery, um, I have to stand yeah. live and do this speech on March the 23rd. Um, so there is, um, a link to, to get tickets for that on March the 23rd. So even, okay. but even if it's not me, I will be there. Um, and I will be cheering everybody on because that's what you do when you're a lighthouse, you cheer uh -huh. others on and help them to shine their light. So it'd be amazing if, uh, you know, people that are listening, get an opportunity to come and hear those, uh, amazing speeches. And, yeah. lessons. and I should mention, so today is Monday that, um, the 14th that yeah. uh, Tracy and I are recording this, but it will be released on Wednesday. But what we'll okay. do is we'll put a link to your Facebook. Um, yeah, perfect. The promo that should be coming out later today or at the very latest tomorrow morning. Um, so I don't know if people are still able to listen after today. No. Oh, no, my speech will be on my public uh, Facebook page um, oh, forever perfect. at this point. Oh, good. Uh, today's okay. good, today's good, kind good. of like the main day, but no, anybody go on there yeah. to, to listen to the, it's oh, only good. four minutes, four minutes, okay. so yeah. it's not. It's yeah, not yeah, much. yeah, so because I know people are going to want to hear that story, and then how do people reach you who do want to reach out? To you. So, well, as far as the best way to reach me really is to just send me a Facebook friend request. I do most of my stuff just being me, the individual person, like just Tracy, your friend. <laughs> um, so that's through personal Facebook page. I am in the, like I said, I am in the process of kind of creating a business around energy healing and meditation, coaching and spiritual mentoring. Um, there is a Facebook page. It's honoring your human experience. Um, it's brand new. So there's not much on there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but literally just sending me a private message for now is, is the best way to communicate with, with, with me. So oh, that's thank perfect. You. And I will, for those of you, I know a lot of my listeners listen while they're walking or driving. Um, yeah. I will have all of this in the show notes. Um, okay. so you don't have to worry about trying to write things down while you're driving. I don't want you doing that. Yeah, don't, don't do, do that. that. Please don't do that. Not do that. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a pleasure, Tracy. I have just loved our conversation and I will definitely want to have you back on because Thank yes, you. we could talk for hours and hours and hours. I know there's never, <laughs> there's never enough time when, when you and I, I get know. 
And, and you have so much to offer. And I know we all go through that imposter syndrome, but you don't have to stay there, girl, because you have a lot to offer people. Oh, thank you. You're always in my corner. We talked for five hours one time. Remember that? Yes, <laughs> I do. I do. A lot of pee breaks in that conversation. Yes, there was a lot of pee breaks, but there was a lot of healing because you yeah. were me heal at that time. Remember? Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. amazing at what you do. So yeah. everybody needs to know that. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And you are as well. So give yourself the credit. All right. Thank you again. And uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Leah. And for our listeners out there, I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. And we will talk again next time. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please subscribe or follow me so you don't miss a single episode. If you want to go deeper in your healing, you can book a free discovery session with me and learn more about my unique strategy to unlock the real you through my Unearth, Uncover and Unleash three-part system to discover and heal your past and present trauma and become empowered to live your best life. Go to my website, lifelessons.ca or contact me directly at leah at lifelessons.ca to book your session. You can also find me on social media. My links are all on my podcast page. And while you're there, I would love it if you would leave a review, good or bad. I want to know how I can make this podcast just what you need it to be. And if you love it, I definitely want to hear that. You can also leave a review on whatever platform you are listening on. Until next time, grab some joy wherever you can. Bye for now.